Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. So, welcome to Cavs Podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm here with David Wood, um, and we just saw a beatdown. Cavs, uh, Cavs got their butts handed to them a little bit by the Washington Wizards. Uh, 24 points for the Wiz. Cavs outscored in every quarter, but really the first and second quarters were were where were where the real damage was done. Um, I think the Cavs were outscored by uh, 20 in the first half and uh, end up actually 22 in the first half and then ended up uh, losing by 24. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a beatdown, but I, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, this team is trash, they're terrible, you know, blah, 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 blah. I didn't think the game was as bad as the score. Um, as David cracks a beer in the background, <laughs> David never subtle about cracking the beer, but I mean, there were some, definitely some bad scoring lines. Um, I believe that David Nawaba, uh, played almost 30 minutes, looked really good out there, but was minus 19 in his time on the court. But I didn't really feel like, did you feel like Nawaba was that bad? No, he, I, I think he was just the, a victim it of, was just- yeah, circumstance. Yeah. So, so I was ahead. like, I was really well watching the game. I was really upset, but it's kind of funny. So the Cavs, <clears throat> like, they basically just lost because of the turnovers. Yeah, they shot. They shot essentially the same as the Wizards. The Wizards played no defense, and then the Cavs just had twenty, like twenty three less shots, basically. Yeah, 23 turnovers to 17 turnovers for the Wizards. But the Wizards just turned the floor over. I think they scored something like 30-some points just off turnovers. And the Cavs clearly not even close to that. Um, Colin Sexton, four turnovers. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, six turnovers. Um, (laughs) And then uh, Chetty Osman, three turnovers of his own. Um, Larry Nance, three turnovers. Um, one of the things that's driving me nuts about Nance, his hands have been terrible lately. Like, he can't catch anything. You know yeah, he just, yeah, he just fumbles the ball a lot, but they're giving him really bad passes. Yeah, but like even they, good passes I've seen him fumble. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't make it easy. I will say that, but yeah, yeah. they, they haven't been giving him the best passes in the world, but, Colin Sexton, a pretty good shooting night, um, 9 of 16 from the floor, uh, 2 of 3 from 3-point land, 4 of 4 from the line. Um, he looks like 
you know, interestingly, <laughs> I think the big worry about Sexton was his shooting, and so far his shooting has not been the issue. It's been the lack of distribution and the turnovers. And then, of course, you've got uh, Jordan Clarkson, the anti-assist, um, who looks yeah. pretty... Sorry, go ahead. He just looks like it's painful for him to pass the ball. Well, like, he looked pretty he would... good the last couple nights before this game, but yeah, he was a disaster tonight. I mean, just he'll just dribble into anything. Yeah, he was taking absolutely the very first shot that that came his way. One of the big problems I see with the Cavs is they take so long to get into their offense. Have you noticed that? They don't. Well. They don't really run an offense a lot. Like, it's a lot of, all right, we're going to pass one time, and then someone's going to dribble and chuck it. Yeah. And then, and then when they do run an offense, like, they're running the most simple motions, and they're running one of them at a time, so it just gets snuffed out. The ball gets yeah. passed back out, and they start over. Like, yeah. they don't make – whoa, did you see Utah's losing by 45? Or, whoa, 44 points? To um, Dallas. Is to that Dallas, who, yeah. Uh, no, oh I my. I knew they were playing what Dallas, is, but yeah. Don, what is going on? Donkic is going off for one thing. The Mavs are just like Donkic only has thirteen points. No, I I saw some highlight earlier that oh. made me think Donkic was going off. Maybe he's not. So who's who's scoring all the points for them? No one. Their high score is Harrison Barnes with nineteen. <laughs> well, in, interesting. Right. Yeah, sorry. I just caught my eye. Oh, no big deal. Um, but the the Cavs run these the super simple motions, and they just get snuffed off. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they, they don't they run any s- options. And yeah. against a team like the Wizards, clearly, well, there was a couple things going on tonight. One, the Cavs looked mentally fatigued. I mean, every kind of motion was just a little off. Uh, clearly, the back-to-back affected them. They were just... They just looked really rusty after looking really sharp the night before. The Wizards were not about to get ambushed the way that Charlotte did the night before. Turned the floor over really quickly. John Wall uh, was was strutting a lot, even though he had a terrible game. Uh, eight points, nine assists in 21 minutes. Uh, three for ten from the field. Uh Bradley Beal led the Wizards with 20, but uh, Ian Mahinmi was plus 24 on the game with seven rebounds and uh, nine points. Um, Yeah, and then my boy, Sato, uh, Thomas Sadoransky, had had eight and four assists in 16 minutes. There's the guy I would love the Cavs to trade for. Um, But, yeah, I mean... Washington really ran, really built the lead in the second, in the first half with their starters, and then just the bench sat most of the second half, uh, or the starters sat most of the second half. Only Otto Porter uh, and Brad Beal played 26 and 27 minutes, scored 15 and 20 points, but, I mean, it was it was mostly they just built the lead, and then the Cavs could, it was like climbing a wall, and when you're turning the ball over the way the Cavs were, uh, it was tough. I mean, yeah. Well, they started out. They let Otto Porter get super hot, 
Mm-hmm. And it was kind of going okay. And then they started turning it over like later in the first. And that's kind of what did him in. Yeah. I mean, Colin Sexton got the ball from <clears> him, <throat> poked away from him so many times. I felt like four turnovers was a real understatement for Colin Sexton. Like, gotcha. I, I thought there was more than that, but. Yes, yeah, so did I. He's got the loosest handle of yeah. any NBA player. Like, it, it, he does that. He like pushes the ball too far ahead almost. Yeah, like, and then tries to like catch it and back up. Yeah, he needs to learn how to compact his dribble, for sure. I mean, he's got a study film of Tony Parker on how Tony keeps the ball low and doesn't show it too early. And <clears throat> um, yeah, he's. I mean, he's really good at certain things. Like, I'm I'm impressed with him as a free throw shooter and as a knockdown jump shooter, but. Haven't seen a ton of vision from him. Have he picks up his dribble so easy? Like he has no confidence in the dribble easy either. Like he doesn't gnash at all. Like how many times have we seen him early in the season just give the ball to like Tristan Thompson twenty feet from the basket with five seconds left on the clock? I mean, it's he just dribble. He dribbles the ball so high. I think that's part of his problem, like getting into the paint and stuff because guys can just poke it away. Yeah, and like. You watch all those, uh, like the jumpers he gets. He comes off the screen, like screens. He goes sideways and just makes one dribble, catches it really high, and goes into a shot. Yeah, like and so I he doesn't have def- to try. Defenses are very content to let him have those. Yeah, well, he his shot. I don't think he's gonna shoot as well as like it seems like he is. Because if you look at his shot, it's like all wrists, kinda. Well, so some, something looks off with the shot. Yeah, it, it's his arm is at a weird angle, but I mean it's going in, so I can't argue with it. Um, my biggest, I mean, his defense has actually been pretty solid. Um, you know, the fundamental mistakes that he makes, he <clears throat> is overcoming with effort. Um, you know, and I don't want to talk about tonight as much as. Uh, did you watch the Charlotte game? I didn't get to see that. I saw, like, the highlights. He played really hard in the Charlotte game. I mean, I think the whole team played really hard in the Charlotte game, and that's part of why they were so unfocused tonight. I mean, the Charlotte game, he was denying the ball from Kemba Walker 30 feet from the basket. Like, he was really playing tough defense. Sorry, go ahead. He he looked sort of tired tonight. Like, he wasn't fighting over screens and stuff at all. But yeah, he, the whole team did. looked tired tonight to me. Yeah. And he stopped. Then, sorry, go ahead. He stopped Wall a couple times, though, like just using really good foot, like footwork and just staying in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. And the other guy to me that was a huge problem tonight, um, J.R. Smith, just. Uh, he he just, lets everyone get away from him. That and he just flings the ball at the basket. I mean, <laughs> he. They don't run an offense in the first open look he good. He just fires away. You know what I mean? I and, mean, that's just JR, though. Oh, yeah, totally. It is JR, but it's also like I would love to see Nawaba get his sp- starting spot because Nawaba seems like so much more of a fundamentally an- um, sound player and a smarter defender. I, he's a, I like him as a defender and a hustle guy. 
And I, if I think if Sexton gets better or we get a better like passer on the team, that Nawabo could be really effective because he yeah. knows how to cut back door a lot and he gets to the proper spots to space the floor. Yeah, like, I mean the best passer on the team right now is Larry Nance, and he—I yeah, mean, he's literally leading, no, it's not kind of true. He's literally leading the team in assists. assist percentage. Oh, I didn't no, know he was totally actually leading assists. the team. Yeah. Oh, I pr- I predicted that in my piece, but I I didn't know it happened this soon. Yeah, I mean he had five tonight, and you know, far and away the best passer on the Cavs right now, and they run a lot of stuff through him when he's on the floor. But like we said, he seems to be a better passer and facilitator than he is a finisher. Um, he, for being able to, like, he's really athletic and can jump, like, super high. He can't finish. No, he, he has, shies seems away. Like he has bad hands. I mean, and he's got big hands and he can palm the ball and everything. He just doesn't catch well. Like, I feel like he just needs to work with tennis balls <laughs> and just... <laughs> Uh, you know, flex the tennis balls all night. So I don't know. I mean, Tristan Thompson probably had his worst game in a while. Um, nine points, eight rebounds. Uh, he'd been playing like a man possessed the previous few, uh, couple weeks. I mean, what was the game he had last night? Um, 21 and 16. I think 21 rebounds, 16 points. And five assists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was awesome. Last night, and I, I just kind of felt like the previous night's victory just took it out of the Cavs. Like, and you <laughs> could even kind of see in the minutes distribution. I mean, Rodney Hood only played 16 minutes. Tristan Thompson only played 19 minutes. Um, and that's a little low. Uh, Rodney Hood, I felt like he was having a decent game getting to the line. Um, but just, I, I don't know. He, he just, I mean, he only played 60 minutes, so I gotta wonder why he didn't play more minutes, but maybe it was the back to back thing. Yeah, possibly. I, I don't know. I hate yeah. Hood's game. I'm like, not at, a big fan, and he's, yeah, very, if you look at his shot chart, it's awful. He's like, very inconsistent. Yeah, he has a nice stroke, though. He does, and he played, he shot fantastically against the Hornets. I mean, he had some Clay Thompson. I, you know, for me, best case scenario, the left-handed Clay Thompson. But well, I mean, just as his jumper, the form on his jumper is similar. He clearly is not as smart or as focused or as good of a player as Clay Thompson is. But the form on his jumper is similar. Um, but he definitely just gets lost at times. You know, doesn't demand the ball, makes shoots from very strange spots, and. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure you can win consistently with a guy like that. Um, who else? Who else will we looking at tonight? Um, Colin Sexton, another nice shooting night. I'm sorry, not Colin Sexton. Jordan Clarkson with probably his worst game in a while. Um, four of thirteen, just chucking away six turnovers, minus eleven. He he had a rough night. I mean, I well, feel like see. between. This game in Charlotte, we saw best Jordan Clarkson and worst Jordan Clarkson. I mean, Jordan Clarkson's just good when he's making those shots because mm-hmm. I feel like it helps you not realize that he never passes. Well, or he like, even had some nice defensive plays in the Charlotte game. Like, he had a good block. He was recovering in the pick and roll. But, yeah, when he is not 
when he's bad, he's really bad because it's he's a black hole. Yeah. So in the in the Charlotte game, were they uh, trying to go over the screens on the pick and roll? Because they were doing it all night tonight, which I thought was kind of Yeah, they weird. were going over the screens on the pick and roll, and then they were Recovering. Ch- chasing to recover. And they were doing a really good job. And the problem is they spent a lot of energy, and they did not seem to expend a lot of energy tonight. I mean, clearly... Once, uh, once the Wizards got past the first wave, it was it was pretty easy to get to the basket. It seemed like yeah. to me anyway. Well, they just kept getting like whoever was dropping back on the pick and roll wasn't actually like forcing the ball handler to go sideways at all. So yeah. our guys just kept getting stuck on their hips, or like chucking, Otto Porter or made, chucking the roller at all. Yeah, so. Otto Porter made all those shots with Hood like right to his side. Yeah, <laughs> well, like coming from behind, like. And then Smith, he did it to Smith a bunch of times, too. Yeah, and the other thing that happened tonight was that, you know, the Wizards weren't historically bad from three-point land like Charlotte was the night before. I mean, the Wizards shot 33% from three. Uh, Markeith Morris was three for six, had a nice night. Um, Austin Rivers, three for eight. So... You know, take away Kelly Oubre's over five, and and they had a pretty pretty decent night from three. Um, and Charlotte just, I mean, the Cavs played some decent defense, but Charlotte was just abysmal. And then the other thing that's biting the Cavs again: offensive rebounds, eleven offensive rebounds for the Wizards. I think I saw one possession where they had like four offensive rebounds in the same possession. Yeah, Dwight Howard destroyed them. Yeah, fortunately, with the offensive boards. Yeah, it it was it was it started to just look like guys were not trying to box out at all. Like Zizic looked terrible. Zizic has looked really bad the last two two games. And so I don't know. Maybe he's kind of out of shape from not playing or being in the rotation. Like guys don't really know how much they're going to play still. Yeah, Jim Jones was talking about it a lot. Like he just does not. As I listened on the radio a little bit, he does not look mentally prepared when he comes into the game, and he's like two or three steps too slow all the time. And <laughs> sorry, what were you saying? Gonna say? Oh, nothing. He, he just the slow comment. Like he just seems mentally behind everything that's going on on the floor, right? Yeah, and he like, doesn't have the physical tools to really recover. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just kind of what it. I was talking about earlier with just the whole Cavs team just seemed mentally fatigued. I don't know. What do you think of Andrew Harrison so far? I don't know too much about him. I mean, he looked decent tonight. I thought he tried. He looked like he was trying on defense. He had some steals and I was surprised he bore. He had four rebounds in the box score. I didn't realize that. Yeah. He just kind of seems like a body out there. Like one of the things I'd noticed, he just does not have any lateral movement on offense. Everything is straight line. Did you have you noticed that? Like it's, yeah, it's straight to the he, basket. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of refreshing though, compared to Sexton sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What? Uh, uh, he was on Memphis before. Yeah, and they cut him. I think it was just a numbers game. He actually had a decent season last year. Um, Wasn't he a good three point shooter? He was not a terrible three point shooter last year. That's I think he was so. like around thirty three percent last year. Also, I, uh, yeah. last year he was thirty three percent from three, 
and 42% from the field. And then in his rookie year, he was, oh no, he was awful last year. No, no, no. Last year he was 33%. Yeah. And then his rookie year, he was 33% from the floor and 36% oh. or 28% from three. So he, he so was pretty abysmal hot. the year before last. But I would not think he's six. six. He looked really small. Yeah, I, I think that's a generous. Uh, yeah. But he definitely just does kind of seem like a chucker. Uh, I didn't get that feeling from him. I mean, he wasn't blowing mine, so. Yeah, but either. I mean. How old is let, he? Let's look at his per 36 minutes stats. So he's averaging five assists per 36 minutes, 15 points um, last season. So, I mean, he was solid. Yeah, I mean, he can't be that good if Memphis is giving him up. He had a minus seven net rating last year. That's pretty pretty abysmal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he, he'll pass through quickly. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, <clears throat> I think with Chetty Hurt, they needed the body, but hopefully, you know, Chetty looked like he was working himself back into form a little bit tonight yeah he had some crazy turnovers like his drive and passes to nobody yeah i mean washington just really was poking the ball away and seemed very well prepared for the Cavs tonight i I mean they're a worse defense than us like according to the statistics they rank worse than us yeah they're also kind of trying to turn the corner a little bit too yeah well yeah i guess with white howard back there 500 so far yeah yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're still never going to be better than a first or second round exit, you know, playoff team. But they do. Have so some, do you th- sorry, do you think they do you think they'll blow it up this year? Like get rid of Wall? No, because <laughs> no, I don't. Because they'll do the same thing they do every year is is make it to the second round of the playoffs and just kind of go from there. I I don't think they'll change anything. The only thing you'll change is the coach. I mean, if they haven't done it by now, why would they? Yeah, they're horrible to watch, though. I mean, oh, yeah, if you're a Wizards fan, tonight would have been cool because they were getting all the run runouts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but they're strutting but, on the freaking Cavs, who are arguably the worst team in the association, you know? Yeah. Also, they have no fans. Like, that arena was creepily quiet. Like, less than a quarter full. Well, I mean, they're what's their record now? Four and nine. Yeah, I mean, would you be a fan of that team with as bad as they are, despite yeah. how many good players they have? You know, yeah, I don't really have any new faces for people to like. No, no. I mean, well, Dwight was, Howard, but what was the trade I uh, proposed yesterday? Um, Bradley Beal for Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how does that trade go down? Well, or uh, Golden State realizes they're not going to resign him and goes for a long-term guy. But yeah, no. I oh, don't that'd think be that interesting. Ever, I don't think that'll ever happen. And I don't. You, sorry, go ahead. He he actually can't be traded though without his permission. Oh, is he? Is it because he's a one-year, two-year? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's right. Still, he's a bird-free agent. Possibly because he's only been there. Well, two, no. Two previous seasons. Does it count if it's not the same contract? It does, but okay. I think it has to be three consecutive seasons, not two. 
Huh. That'd so, be interesting. Then, yeah, though. we'll but see. I, so, um... I don't think it'll ever uh, happen. I mean, <laughs> what did you think of the whole Draymond suspension? Oh, I was going to say, I wanted to talk about that. I think it's hilarious. Because I, I don't think Durant's going to come back. Uh, just kind of from the body language and stuff. And Draymond Green... Like, that team's got some things that are going to go wrong. When Draymond Green wants to get paid, and they kind of – I don't think they'd pay him because they're a pretty smart team, But and he goes out and gets an offer. If they match that offer, Draymond's going to go crazy. What do you like, mean? he's he's too much of a head case, which is part of the reason he's so good. He's super competitive, but he's going to be like, what, you guys don't want me? And I could see that totally sinking them. Oh, I, I totally, I think he is more important to them as a team than, um, Durant, but he's their, he's their offense essentially. Like he, move, he makes the pass that they need to be what they are. Well, and he's also the best defensive player too. Although don't tell, uh, Kevin Durant that who thinks that he's their best defensive player because <laughs> he I left the team play- blocks last year. Yeah, Clay's probably their best defensive player. Oh no, it's it's Draymond because he can literally play guard any position. Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, do you think Durant stays? Um, no, I don't. I think he's totally out. I mean, the the twitters have been totally hilarious about Durant. I mean, we you heard the whole thing about supposedly uh Read it, the lip readers are saying, and that's why I'm out. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that. I also uh, after the whole dust up. I like the thing about Draymond uh, calling him the B word, and then it was so- <laughs> it was something about the Cavs. They're like he calls LeBron the B word, like and wins a title, and he he's still there, and then calls Durant the B word, gets suspended. Yeah, it was it was funny though. I'm not oh yeah. Well. I think we all really enjoy watching the Warriors drama, even though they still beat Atlanta last night, although Atlanta is abjectly terrible. Yeah, Atlanta's almost as worse as as bad as us. Yeah. Might be and might be more. Detroit beat Toronto tonight, which is which is a big deal. Um Dude, Blake Griffin is he's an impossible cover. When he wants with, to be an impossible cover. With that three-point shot, it changes how you have to guard him. Oh, it does, totally. I mean, now he's like a bulkier LeBron with the three-point shot. Yeah. Because he's a really good passer still. Well, it just expanded the game for him so much. And they can still play Drummond with him now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's it's not thing. forced. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of the Cavs and the kind of the two center attack with Tristan and Larry Nance? I mean, I like it. It reminds me of the Spurs kind of like just going the opposite direction yeah. of the rest of the league because it doesn't it works, but they just need to get the offense set up better. Like Tristan ends up in no man's land too much and he doesn't want to screen off ball to become a threat. Which is right. what he's, he has to do that. Especially like if they have Larry Nance at the elbows, you can't have like Tristan literally kind of just stands off like between the three and the foul line. And you're like, well, now there's two defenders at the rim. Like, of course we're going to take this crappy mid range shot. Yeah. So when you say screen off ball, what does he need to do? 
Like, so go like, screen for the corner man or the wing? Any Anybody. Because he has, like, all he has to do is set a hard screen and just sprint towards the rim. Because it's going to make somebody commit. Okay. Like, it's going to at least get, like, it's going to keep a defender from just being in the lane. Because if he can create enough space, he's going to free up a guy. So his defender is going to have to at least shade over to try to stop an open shooter. And then that's when, like, cool stuff can happen. Like, TT's rolling to the hoop. Or, like, maybe the team's ball watching. So another three-point shooter opens up. And yeah. someone can find them. It's I just mean, he. There's guys that have made themselves valuable that can't shoot threes at all, and it's usually by screening now. Yeah, and I I totally think he's really he's been a really good on ball screener, but off the ball, I think it needs to happen more. I mean, the one play I really like with Nance and Thompson is when they run that double high screen, and then. They've got so many options off it because one guy can cut or a different guy can cut. And then basically you have, if you run it with a good shooter, you have to commit defenders to it because if the shooters are good enough, like a Jordan Clarkson, you can't just have a guy lock and trail because with two screeners, he's just not, somebody's going to be open. I mean, the shooter's going to get open. So, you know, you you've got to have somebody step up and help defend. And then that kind of just kind of changes the whole dynamic of the offense. And I, I like that play a lot. Um, the problem is, is when the Cavs aren't hitting their shots, then it becomes tough. Uh, but I felt like the Cavs got really bad tonight about not screening for the ball handlers too. Like there was just a general laziness. Um, what was one, one pass and shoot? Yeah. Like, Everything was one pass and shoot, yeah. And, yeah, nobody was screening. Uh, it was clearly night and day from the Charlotte game the night before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was an interesting... I love the Charlotte game. I'm not putting a ton of stock into tonight's Wizards game. But, you know, the Cavs are inconsistent, and they're going to be inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the theme this year. Yeah. I was going to say about Sexton, actually, his uh, defensive mess ups are like consistently inconsistent sort of at this point, which I kind of like he just messes up in different ways, like all the time, which like I kind of think is actually a good thing for him because he's not consistently making the same mistakes. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. rookie stuff. Like he's not flypaper Kyrie. Like oh no no, he he doesn't consistently get stuck on screens. Like sure, like someone will trip him up, but then he'll get tripped up a different way. Like it's not, it's at least not an effort issue, and I don't think it's an intelligence issue. It's just the learning curve. Yeah, and I've seen him put forth a lot of effort. I mean, that's one thing I actually really appreciate is he he's definitely yeah it's like you said it's like sometimes the game is just too fast for him uh especially defensively but i i also see him make a lot of effort plays to get back in the play you know what i mean like if he gets way too high on the screen or um you know he'll sprint back and at least try to cover the big on the roll or sprint back to the ball handler like he doesn't just sit out at the three-point line <laughs> the way Kyrie used to do and, you know, hope someone else rebounds and hopes that uh, someone passes to him. <laughs> yeah, well, he tries to give the ball up. Like, it seems like yeah. he doesn't want to bring it up the court a lot of times. Yeah, he definitely 
seems to me much more like a two guard than a one guard. Yeah, it's a little troubling given his size, but yeah, you could they can the Cavs can still find someone. Like if you put him with a guy like Sadoransky, that would be actually really perfect because Sadoransky's taller, but he can also be the primary ball handler. And then, you know, you can let him be the scorer and Sato be the set-up set man or the, the bigger point guard be the setup man. But, I yeah, mean, that'd be, Sorry, go ahead. That'd be interesting if they could get Sadoransky. I'm not Well, he's a restricted sure. free agent at the end of the year, so. That'd be a fun offer sheet. Yeah, uh, send, uh, send him. I'd, I'd give him Kyle Korver for Sadoransky. <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't do that, though. They already have shooters. Not really after Wall and Beal, or after Por- Beal and um, Porter's decent. Porter, but you can always think, use more shooting. Yeah. So what do you think about, do you think the Cavs are going to end up trading Corver? Yeah, I think they'll end up trading Corver. I mean, Who do you think they trade with? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I put Milwaukee out there. I put um, the Sixers out there. I mean, the Sixers have a lot of young players and clearly look like, okay, now we're in win-now mode, even though they lost tonight. Yeah. Um, there I was, was a lot of weird upsets tonight. But, I mean, 50-point loss for Utah? That's insane. Well, how about um, 20-point loss by San Antonio to Phoenix? Ugh, yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, I mean Phoenix is as bad as the Cavs are. Um, yeah, you know Brooklyn, Memphis beat Milwaukee. Yeah, Memphis beat Milwaukee. Orlando beat Philly tonight. Just an off night. Yeah, it, it's an odd night. I mean, I th- I feel like you know we're just about through the first month of the season, and now we're kind of getting our first. Okay, now it's a grind. You know, we're getting our first grind games. At, yeah. at the newness of the NBA season wears off. You know, Detroit beat Toronto. I, I feel like uh, Milwaukee could really use a uh, a Kyle Korver. Cause they oh, yeah, for sure. Shooting. I mean, Giannis could be a one-man off. Well, you just surround Giannis with shooters, and they're going to be good. Yep. Like, he's hitting that point of his career. Yeah. These, and- have, have you looked at the standings at all? Really? A little bit. This is pretty crazy in the West. Like, I didn't realize the Nuggets were three. Oh, yeah. They were one for a while, um, for at the beginning of the season. But, yeah, the I mean, the West, you've got Golden State number one, Portland number two, um, Denver third, and then, yeah. of course, third through... Um, Holy crap. Third through 13 are separated by three games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's why that's why I don't think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, Lakers are in ninth right now. I mean, Pelicans and yeah, the Sacramento Pelicans and Jazz right now. Isn't that insane? Yeah. De'Aaron Fox is getting, like growing up. Yeah. and So he'll request a trade soon. <laughs> and I would love to make the Darren Fox um Colin Sexton comparison, but um Darren Fox had a ton of assists last year and now he has even more, but he just seems like so much better of an offensive player rather than just a setup man. Like he's finishing so much better, shooting so much better. 
um, and looks is making the Lakers look a little bit dumb for drafting uh, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo's a better defender, though. Well, yeah, but who cares about a defender from the point guard position? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it worked out for them, though, because they have LeBron now. LeBron <laughs> wouldn't want to play with Dare in there. Did you Darren. see the uh, Vine the other day? I guess it wasn't really Vine as much as a GIF, but of LeBron half-heartedly kicking at the ball as they pass to the corner. <laughs> no. I And it was just like, yeah. It, it, Cleveland fans know all too well about LeBron refusing to close out on shooters. Oh, no, I did see that. That one was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. LA is 7-6, and six, Utah 7-7, seven and seven, New Orleans 7-7, seven and seven, Houston 6-7, six and seven, Dallas 6-8, six and eight, and Minnesota six and nine. I mean, there's how are the Grizzlies in fifth? Because <laughs> they totally tanked last year. First of all, I mean, they they completely tanked last year. Um, and then they've got good players like Gasol had a monster night tonight. I think he dropped thirty and thirteen tonight. And then they've got you know Mike Conley's healthy. Right now, and they they got slow mo, Kyle Anderson and um, Jaron Jackson Jr. looks really good uh, for them. So it's not like they. Part of the reason that um, Harrison was available is because Jaron Jackson Jr. is so good. I mean, yeah, I, they're just playing pretty good basketball right now. Um. Yeah, Marcus all twenty. I guess he didn't have thirty and thirteen, but he had twenty nine points and five rebounds. And then you know Mike Conley with twenty six points and four assists. So yeah. Oh, and the other thing is Garrett Temple's playing fantastic for them. Like he's actually starting. Like they got him for nothing from Sacramento, and he's been ridiculous for them. He's averaging 12 points. He's shooting 40% from three, 46% from the field, and 80% from the line, and putting up monster plus minus numbers, and averaging. And he, they basically got a starter for free from Sacramento, a start, a starting wing. Like that's ridiculous. Like you can get a starting caliber wing on a playoff team for nothing from from a team like Sacramento who's not very bright and you know that's pure gravy right there and god they're such a weird team like they're only running like an eight man ro- rotation and Wayne Selden is playing for them and Shelvin Mack and then freaking Marshawn Brooks is playing for them remember Marshawn like the, Brooks the Marshawn from the Nets yeah like, that oh, was over yeah. in China and Europe. Yeah. That's funny. Well, yeah. Temple wasn't good when he was on the Wizards a couple of years ago. Yeah, but they're also the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, the, I don't know. Just looking at these standings, I didn't realize it. Like, it's crazy how competitive the West is. Yeah. And the East is a lot better than oh, people thought East. it would be. You know, I mean, the standings-wise, uh, it's not. But, I mean, on paper... You've got, you know, Toronto, Milwaukee, Indy, 
all look really good. Boston and Philly are right there, and then you've got Detroit and Charlotte. And then that eighth spot, I mean, there's... That's going to be a battle. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. I mean, you got Miami, Orlando, Brooklyn, Washington, and then you've got, you know, Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Cleveland, all pretty much tanking. Although New York, I don't think they want to be tanking. They just don't have a lot of talent. Uh, I mean, Kevin Knox looks good. That Frankie Nicolatina kid's a good defender. Yeah, I just feel like they're still a year or two away. I mean, plus the Zingers injured still. and I don't think he comes back this season from like what I've been reading. Oh, I think he'll be back late in the season, but maybe not. I mean, maybe it was late enough. They're just like, why are we taking any chances with this? Yeah. Who's, um, who is their other guy? Oh, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is really good for them, too. I think he's just going off because they don't have anybody, though. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's their Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> good score on a bad team, but, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Butler trade? What was your um, overall assessment? Well, it sure looks tonight that, like, Minnesota is playing with a weight lifted from their shoulders. I mean, Towns went off tonight. Uh, I let me, let me go look at the scores, but Towns dropped, like, 26 and 14 or something like that. Ooh. Yeah, cool. Towns had 25 points and 16 rebounds. So clearly Towns is happy that Jimmy Butler is gone. Um I think Robert Covington had a good game. I I actually from an analytics standpoint, analytics absolutely loves Robert Covington. Um he had 13 points tonight. Um plus 4 on the night. Uh Cat getting 25 and 16 and then Wiggins had 23. 22 shots. Kicked a guy. <laughs> kicked a guy in the nuts at the end of the game. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, on a on a dunk, he just tagged. Um, it looked. It might oh, have Miritich. been uh, Miritich in the in the jimmies on a dunk. I think I found it. Yeah, I mean, it looked painful. <laughs> and and Miritich dropped like a rock. Oh, I need to see this highlight. Oh, he like flying nut kicked him. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a Jackie Chan special there. That was pretty awesome. He had it coming. Yeah, I mean Andrew Wiggins, a classic Andrew Wiggins line: twenty two points, twenty twenty two shots, twenty three points minus five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that looked intentional. Yeah, I mean that was definitely intentional. But the thing that I really feel like it works out for them. Minnesota really needed another wing. Like, their wings outside of their starters were terrible. And Dario Saric gives them a really good bench wing. Robert Covington, you can plug him into Jimmy Butler's spot, and he's going to be as good on defense and not nearly as big of a pain in the butt <laughs> and just hit yeah. open threes. Well, I think they should start Dario eventually. Because that's a you could play five out like a legit five out if you start Dario for Taj. yeah. The problem is is they're not gonna bench Taj Gibson because it's oh until Tibbs yeah. <laughs> I mean I think their best lineup might have Dario out there for sure, 
And then they've got, you know, Okogi. Man, you want to talk about a guy I wish the Cavs would go after? Tyus Jones, who is just criminally... Like, Didn't we have Tyus Jones at one point? No, he's always been in oh. Minnesota. But they have Jeff Teague and they have uh, Derek Rose. And Tyus Jones barely plays on that team. And he's really good analytically. Like, I feel like Tyus Jones could be what the Cavs want um, Colin Sexton to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm of course, he's only shooting 31% and... 30% from uh, from three this year, so maybe I'm full of crap. But Did Rose sit out tonight? He's yeah, not in the box. like he court. wasn't playing tonight, yeah. Oh. Uh, see, the, um, the funny thing when you look at the Minnesota box score is you can totally tell it's a Tibbs team. <laughs> like, oh, most the, of this, uh, the minutes? Minutes, 48, yeah. 38, 35, 37. Yeah. Like, so, how much uh, Cavs have you gotten to watch in the last uh, week or so? Do you feel like they're improving? Yeah, they're definitely improving. I missed the Charlotte game, unfortunately, but I covered that Magic one where Fournier yeah. beat him at the end, and they had that. They had they that took, game. Well, won. yeah, that was one of the worst. Like, it was, it was, it was a terrible. Like, it was a perfect storm of incompetence by them and the refs. Yeah. <laughs> And then the Bulls, the Bulls game I had on, but I was like out with people. Oh, so yeah. I didn't the really Bulls pay too much good. attention. They fought back. It shouldn't have gone to that point. I but. didn't understand why Colin Sexton took the final shot instead of Rodney Hood because Rodney Hood looked really hot. But the other side of that is Colin Sexton finished on the left side with the right hand when he usually can finish left and he just didn't. And I think that's what cost him the game. Like, well, he can't. He's not a great finisher. I don't think he uses the wrong hand to finish on the left side a lot. Yeah, but he uses the. I think he likes to go with that interior hand because he uses the left hand on the right side a lot, which is weird. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's just kind of a habit he has. I don't know. Um, but if he'd have gone up with the left, he'd have had a much better, much less much lower chance of having it blocked. So, I mean, he but took the I shot. Was, to me, I wasn't that heartbroken because, you know, we're all, we're all dying for Zion. <laughs> yeah. But aren't the, the way the odds are now, isn't it's it much the, harder to get the top big? Yeah. yeah. It's like the eight, the eight bottom teams have the same luck. Um, the three bottom teams do. And oh. then, but the, the odds are much more spread out than they were in the past. I mean, you literally, if you're the worst team in the league, you have a 47% chance of getting the fifth pick. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's pretty brutal. I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of agree with it, but it's also pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's brutal for us now. I that Zion kid I've I've been watching the highlights of him. That kid is going to be an absolute animal. Oh yeah. Like he's I cannot believe he's 280 pounds already. Yeah, he's insane. He's like, going to be like 320 when he like becomes a man. <laughs> like it reminds me of my buddy Jay up in Alaska. Um he's a he was a sports editor for years and years up there and now he's an editor for 
the whole paper that in the town he, he lives in. And he was always talking about how there's so many South Pacific Islanders up there. And he's like, yeah, I just watch teams. They're all made up of five eleven power forwards. <laughs> he, calls, he calls them little Tongan bowling balls. <laughs> and that's kind of what that guy reminds me of on like a massively accelerated scale. He's just, he's so fast too. Yeah. Like he, he looks just, Body wise, you can't tell like on first glance because he's so much bigger than all the other college kids. You can't tell how jacked he is. You yeah. just think he's huge. But then watching him run, like he's the fastest dude out there. Yeah, like I get the feeling that if he was not a great basketball player, he would he could go be a defensive lineman or a or an offensive lineman and be fantastic or oh, like yeah. the greatest tight end ever. Did you see the thing about him? Uh, they were comparing him to J.J. Watt. He's, like, weighs more than J.J. Watt. Wow. Yeah. Which is like, just nuts. Yeah, the guy he kind of reminds me of is Perfect World Antonio Gates. Like, did you ever watch Antonio Gates uh, no. when he was at Kent? No. So Antonio Gates was um, oh, you know, Hall of Fame tight end I, for seen, the Chargers. Yeah, I know who Antonio Gates is. I thought you were talking about basketball. I am. So he didn't play college football. He played power forward for the Kent for Kent State, and he oh, came to the Elite Eight. And uh, they drafted him. He was kind of too much of a tweener. I think now, if he came out, he would would have a lot better odds. But he was too much of a tweener. So the Chargers drafted him and turned him into a tight end, and he became a Hall of Fame tight end. And and he kind of reminds me of Perfect World Antonio Gates. Like, because that's kind of the player Antonio Gates was in in college. Although he was, he wasn't as ripped as Zion is, and and he kind of didn't come into his own till his senior year. So, but yeah, I mean, he's he's just kind of a monster. I'm I'm really hoping the Cavs get a crack at him. That would be oh, that'd be so fun. It would be fun, and then <clears throat> I also feel like if they would get the chance to draft him and draft someone stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, that's always a chance. Yeah, like, like, oh, he's too much like Anto- Anthony Bennett. We can't draft him. <laughs> Anthony Bennett was just fat, though. <laughs> like, Well, he also put up all his highlights in the frickin' Mountain West. <laughs> yeah, that was... Where is Anthony Bennett? That should he be a reoccurring segment. League, I think. I'm looking this up. Did you read my G League piece? Not yet. I have oh, a bunch of stuff I was queued. so bizarrely like fascinated by the fact that Terrence Jones was starting for uh the Erie Bayhawks. The the uh the Raptors dude? No, Terrence Jones from uh the Rockets and the Pelicans. Oh, that weird dude that one of those first weird contracts the that they were doing? Well, no, he turned down his extension and then just never he had a kind of a mediocre season and thought he was going to get one of those huge contracts and never got one. Is he good? Uh he had nine turnovers. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I mean, he's he tries to dribble. I the problem is is he shoots too much. Like he kind of has the shot selection of a young Josh Smith. So or or maybe a older Josh Smith. 
Oh, Anthony Bennett's on the main red clause. He yeah. was traded there. <laughs> Alongside a third round pick. I did not know they traded draft picks in the G League. <laughs> Do you think they even matter though? That's the funny thing. Have you played so have you played the new NBA two K game? No, I haven't. I'm terrible oh. at all the two K games, so I don't really play it. Uh, well, part of the, one of the storylines is you get in the game, you get traded for like uh, a catering contract for to another team. They just want sandwiches for you. <laughs> like that's part of the deal. Nice. Like, can you play G League games in that? Yeah, you play in the career mode. You play your way in, like, into the pros. Nice. You play in China, then you get the G League, then you make it to the pros. Nice. So have you been going to the the, I just went to the charge opener. games? All right, the, the yeah, home opener to... was uh, last uh, Saturday. So and they only play about two games a week. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, so I'm gonna have, have to check this out. I never. Yeah, you should come down get into for a charge game. I yeah, it's. Pro- I, I feel are like charge game and Cavs games are going to be about the same price this year. <laughs> that's true. But charge games are a lot of fun. Like everything is just different although <laughs> like we we still had halftime entertainment but it was it was definitely a m- order of magnitude uh uh cheaper <laughs> so <laughs> i think they just had like uh, high school cheerleaders come out how do they but, have five delay of game calls because the caps j- or the the charge just would not give them the ball to the refs and just kept getting <laughs> g- delay of game calls. It was the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Isn't there some weird passing rule in the G League? Um, no. So they have a, a foul rule where if you foul to stop the break, and it seems like an obvious foul to stop the break, it's one ball in possession. That's a smart rule. I guess. I mean... I mean, yeah. Delhi wouldn't have a career anymore, but... No, that's kind of what I didn't like about it, but... <laughs> oh, wait, so back to Kyle Korver. Do you think the Bucks would give us Delhi? Oh, and they wouldn't heartbeat. I mean, he's barely playing, and he's got a whole other year on his contract. They'd love to give up Delhi. I think that would be a good, a good like, make-it-right move. <laughs> I think it would be, but the Cavs would want a draft... Like, if I was the Cavs, I'd want a draft pick, like, at least a second-rounder. But the problem is, is the Bucks' second rounders are going to be not very good. Yeah, and our scouting's not very good. Yeah, I mean, I would love to get Delhi. I feel like the Cavs need a third point guard, but and he's be a good guy to mentor um, Sexton. But oh man, yeah. Lakers big run to end the half. What are they at now? They're up fifty nine fifty five. LeBron hit like two big threes at the end of the first half. Ugh. So, do you find yourself rooting for LeBron, or do you no? Just I root against every team playing him, playing against. Yeah, <laughs> like I totally want. Although, yeah, this is this is interesting because. <clears throat> so hopefully next week on the pod, I'll get a longtime fan who is a reader of Cavs a blog and sent me a thing about how basically the Cavs front office is like begging people to come. Um take in the game and and he wrote him like this letter about like I've had season tickets for the last four years and I can't support uh, Dan Gilbert who gave up Kyrie Irving for a 
<laughs> for a tiny point guard with a bad hip. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and let LeBron walk twice. So I you know, now, he was like now I kinda low key root for uh LeBron on the Lakers and I mean I get it, but I just can't root for the Lakers. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I mean, I don't but, want him to fail, but I also don't want him to win a title. But I also, the other side of it is, I mean, the Cavs horribly mismanaged the Kyrie Irving trade and the guys they picked up, Sexton and Hood, and um, Sexton and Hood mainly are are just garbage players who are just not very good. We'll never be on winning teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean Sexton might be eventually. I don't think not Sexton, Clarkson and Hood. Yeah, I I think Sexton has a chance, but he's also it's very obvious he's super young. Yeah. And he's not going to it's gonna be two or three years before we even know if he has the possibility of being a good player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well LeBron like my issue with the whole LeBron thing was he never let the Cavs actually build anything. Well, but also, I don't think he and Dan Gilbert ever trusted each other either. You know, I I get that, but Dan Gilbert just—I I don't know—I'm starting to lean towards his his way again. Dan Gilbert just shelled out money, and it, maybe it's Dan Gilbert's fault that he let LeBron have so much power to make these stupid moves, like that essentially put the team in just a bad spot, not able to do anything. No, I think, yeah, I mean, I think both of them are egomaniacs that made a situation that could have been manageable much worse. But, yeah, I mean, I I see both sides of the argument for sure. Yeah. I I wish LeBron was still here, but, I mean, I'm, I'm actually enjoying watching this team, watching the team grow. They've been playing hard. For the most part, except for tonight, obviously. Yeah, the Orla- I had fun like recapping the Orlando game. <laughs> yeah, I mean that it's, was a disaster. I forget, but... Yeah, I forget what game I did earlier in the year. I think it was the Detroit one oh, where I was, was just they just got their butts kicked on. That yeah, game. after yeah. like after reliving, and I'm like, I hate this team. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's not even fun anymore. And then you watch like the teams that are actually fun to watch, like. Like Portland's pretty cool to watch. I like watching the Spurs a lot. They just run goofy stuff, and like Dallas, you're like, why can't our team be fun like this? Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like they're getting there a little bit. Like Tristan Thompson before tonight, his play was really good. Um, Larry Nance, when Larry Nance is playing well, he's a lot of fun. The problem with Larry Nance is he just. His hands are so bad, and he makes he commits dumb fouls, and he just kind of drives me nuts with the goofy things he does that you feel like he's too old to be doing now. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he's not very patient. Like on defense, he'll make he just does everything too soon. Yeah, like rather than hang hanging back. That's a good way of putting it, and. But I enjoy Ante Zizic even when he's terrible. <laughs> it's just the one guy that kind of drives me nuts is J.R. Smith. Well, oh, J.R. Smith and Rodney Hood, I feel like you get one good game for every three bad games. And then everybody kind of hangs their hat on the one good game. But, you know, tonight, 3 for 11 from J.R. Smith. I mean, it's just... I still can't think of a good game for Hood. 
Like, oh I, no, he had that one where he had the dunk, and then well, the Charlotte game he was really good. I mean, how many points did he have? Atlanta game he was good too. Uh, the Charlotte game. Oh, uh, let me look. Like fifteen, maybe. No, he had more than that. Oh, so so my favorite J.R. Smith move now is when he gets the ball somehow, like inside the three point line, and then he starts dribbling towards the corner. And just turns around and chucks it, like without even looking at the hoop. That's the classic. That's the classic Jr. Yeah, <laughs> or the one where he just, um, you know, crosses over, over, and over, and then just the step back jumper. Or I'm gonna throw this terrible floater. <laughs> it's like how, like, I would hate to play with him if I was playing pickup basketball. So I can only imagine how yeah, like but the other people on the team be feel better than Jordan Clarkson because you'd never actually touch the ball if you were playing with Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, but Jordan Clarkson might run into you with the dribble, so <laughs> <laughs> you get the ball. Yeah, may- maybe. Um, okay, so the game before last, Ronnie Hood had twenty points. Um, he had sixteen. He had twenty against the Bulls. Wow, that's pretty good, then. Yeah, he had 16, uh, two rebounds, two assists. Um, you know, we'll never see a... I don't think we'll ever see a 10-rebound re- game from Rodney Hood. Nah, he's I not like interested to call him, in that. As I like to call him, Gator. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just has very short arms. But, but he does have kind of that herky-jerky southpaw shot that's hard to guard. Like and when he's hitting it, like he can get shots off, but when he's not hitting it, he just looks way too herky jerky. You know what I mean? He, al- he also gets a lot of easy shots because he shoots from the area that defenses just don't care about anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Like which I think that's the same with Sexton. Like he shoots from an area where defenses are like, eh, all right, it's not a three. It's, it's not, not like at the rim. Yeah. We're not gonna foul him. Yeah. Yeah, the Cavs definitely have strange shot selection. Although I, think I don't th- Although I feel like Sexton's getting better at getting all the way to the rim. I think he only had one shot at the rim tonight. I'm not yeah. Thinking. Although his jump shot was really good. Yeah. But Sexton. No, he had three shots at the rim. Four. Well, yeah, he had some. He had a couple buckets in transition too. So yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying the team. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. I feel like at least they're trying hard. At least I can feel like a scrappy team is going to beat a team having a night off. Uh, like the Cavs did against Charlotte a little bit instead of the other way around. Like, you remember playing Memphis a couple years with LeBron, and it's like, oh, we've got seven guys out. Oh, and we're going to beat the Cavs, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like I hated when they didn't show up, although I still feel like some of the players who didn't show up, yeah, <clears throat> J.R. Smith, uh, still kind of don't show up at, on certain games. But, yeah, I don't think Hood shows up every game. He, oh, he totally doesn't. He, yeah. I mean, actually, and that's the one thing I will say about Clarkson, 
is he's been competing a lot. Like he does dumb stuff and turns it over, but he's been like getting back on defense and going after blocks and, you know, competing in the pick and roll and going after rebounds. It, whereas hood just seems so, I've never seen a guy that can disappear the way Rodney hood can. You know what I mean? Like you forget he's on the court. Well, he shies away from the ball a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. And then defensively, he's back as soon as the ball goes up. He's not trying to get anything. Yeah. Like any rebounds. I feel like uh, the Cavs have a lot of guys who don't want the ball in their hands. Like George Hill at his worst doesn't want the ball in his hands. Although he was, he's been a lot better this year. And then, you know, Colin Sexton just giving the ball up. Like, do, do you feel like Tristan Thompson touches the ball way too much? Yes. What? <laughs> whenever they give Tristan Thompson the ball under the hoop, like <laughs> don't don't give him the ball if there's anyone between him and the hoop. He goes into turtle mode, like, yeah. and it's the most infuriating thing. Like I've seen like seven year old kids at the park like that realize you shouldn't take the ball down to your knees, yeah, because everybody's gonna get it. Well, he's like, been better, like. He's actually in the in the streak before this game. He was shooting about fifty seven percent for like the last five six games, and part of it was to me like he can shoot that hook shot with either hand. And the world's ugliest hook shot. <laughs> he's been sneaky effective with that hook shot lately. Yeah, well, it's not even a hook shot. It's like a push shot, kind of. Yeah, I don't like even know. he shoots the hook shot with two hands. Yeah, he's he's an he's definitely a goofy player. Like I don't understand how he made it that far without people correcting him. I also enjoy how he he has to gather no matter what. Like he has to take a step. It's I don't know. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad he's playing so well. Like good for Tristan. He'll hopefully get traded to a team that's not very smart and sends us lots of stuff. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's got I, he's got a championship pedigree these days. Well, I, it, it's so funny how you know one game after they win is like, oh, Tristan is untradeable, and then after a game like tonight, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, now we're reality, real realistic expectations have been reset. We're we've been calibrated. We're back to normal. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if your team's ever saying Tristan Thompson's untradeable, that means your whole team is tradable. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and I feel like I don't feel like there's anybody untradeable on this Cavs team. Yeah, uh, Jr. Maybe, but they have well, he has a weird because, guarantee, so well, he'll be I fine. Meant from the Cavs standpoint, like there's n- oh, untouchable. No, trade anybody. Yeah, yeah, they ditch out on Sexton if they could. I think. Yeah, I especially because Altman's short sighted. <laughs> so tell me how you really feel about Altman. Well, he's the puppet of Dan Gilbert, but they're just, it's such a weird front office that makes decisions for a six month time period rather than more than that. Interesting. Cause they don't think about the, I don't know. They just don't think about the future at all. It seems like. No, or they haven't till recently. And like yeah. if they really. If they really cared about the future, why wouldn't they just play like Sexton, Nawaba, Nance, Jetty, and whoever, like the G League dudes? 
Well, but part of it is you want to showcase J.R. Smith, and you want to showcase Kyle Korver and Tristan Thompson in case somebody would want to trade for him. I mean, people know what they're getting with Kyle Korver. With J.R. Smith, you're showcasing that his contract's not guaranteed next year. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And Tristan, Tristan Thompson, I mean, Tristan Thompson, sure, play him. Yeah, but, I mean, you look around the NBA, it's like, which team's center position would be improved by grabbing Tristan Thompson? I None can't... of them, because he's a six eight center. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just thought about this. So, is he dating the Kardashian that dated uh, Chris Humphreys? No, that was Kim Kardashian. He's dating the Kardashian that was married to Lamar Odom. Oh, I was well, the Kardashian family likes offensive rebounders, sort of. <laughs> I, I I can't even go there without getting in trouble. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it it's it's been a goofy year so far. So, but I'm, who, sorry, I was gonna say, who do you think gets traded first for the Cavs? I gotta think that it's probably gonna be Corver, um, because shooting is kind of at the premium, although. I do think George Hill and JR will both get traded. Um, if the Cavs are smart, they will eat some bad contracts to pick up draft picks. I mean, I could totally see um, Delhi coming back, or I could see uh, Dion Waiters or a Kent Bazemore, just a team that wants to get out from under a bad contract, but to me, to take a Dion Waiters or a Kent Bazemore, you almost got to get like a prospect and a pick because those guys have bad contracts for like the next two years after this one. I think Bazemore would be a reasonable addition yeah. and get. Well, you wouldn't get a first round pick out of Atlanta, or don't we owe could. Atlanta a first round pick? Yeah, the, if the Cavs end up not in the bottom, if they don't have a top ten pick, then it goes to Atlanta. Yeah, we're gonna have a top ten pick. Oh yeah, totally. And then, but yeah. also next year. And if it doesn't convey this year or next year, it turns into a second. Yeah, I think we'll be safe. And that's the Kyle Corver trade. So. Yeah, I'm not really sure who's out there for them or who has like a pick that's worthwhile. Because you take Dion Waiters on a first round pick from Miami, that might be kind of valuable. That's that's kind of a trade deadline deal. You have to see where they're at. Well, I totally so I pitched this to uh, Eli today, but I totally think uh, Markel Fultz is going to get traded off the Sixers um, before the end of the year. Um, and one of the reasons is he makes eight million dollars a year, and they want to clear the books to try and sign people this summer. Like they're. They still have room, depending on how the Butler cap hold works out, um, to sign guys. And, Butler's a $30 million cap hold, I just read. Oh, okay. But I yeah. still think, the because they only the only big contract they have, besides Butler, is Embiid. Um, yeah. So they can still get a pretty significant free agent in addition to Butler, if they can clear some cap room. So. so next year they'll have seventy one million on cap, so they'll have room for one max. Yeah. So they're not gonna want to uh 
have a a guy making eight million on their cap next year for no reason who can't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I feel like the Cavs could totally give him like Jr. So I pitched um Jr. Smith and Kyle Korver for uh Markel Fultz and um like Zahir Smith and uh Wilson Chandler. Ooh, I'd love Zaire Smith. Yeah, the problem is, I mean, he's had a rough go of it so far, but... I mean, he's just injured. Oh, yeah. Well, then he had a severe allergic reaction to something. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, crazy. and that's why he hasn't been back yet. So he hurt himself in Summer League, and then he had a severe allergic reaction to something he ate at the team facility, and he actually, I think, was hospitalized over it. Oh, man. So... Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely guys, the Cavs, but I don't know, like, if the Cavs have the foresight, like you said, to look past six months ahead to decide, you know, what would be good contracts to take on for draft picks. So, yeah. And I also think that teams. Like, I think they think the Cavs are dumb and that they can play them. So the Cavs aren't going to get other teams' best offers. Well, yeah, they're not. The Cavs don't have a position of strength here. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's teams like Miami. I mean, Miami's got the highest payroll in the league and they're six and eight. You know, Miami desperately used to trim some salary. Or. I'm saying the pick though would be well, like good enough. Like the pick, the teams that we can trade Corver and like George Hill to, the picks that they're going to give us wouldn't be worthwhile. And if they're trying to shed uh, cap, well, they'd be worthwhile for just trading those guys. But if you're going to take on bad contracts with them, then yeah, it might not be worthwhile. Yeah. But, like, to get Dion Waiters and a first-round pick, that's going to probably be, like, the 15th or 16th pick. I don't know. But but if you – how else are you going to accumulate draft picks, you know? And you got to pay somebody. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to pull up the Cavs' salary situation and see. I think in two years the Cavs are pretty much clean. Except for – it's pretty much – Except for Sexton, Nance, and um, Love. Yeah, it'd be anti-Zisich, too. But that's an option on him. Yeah. He's got a weird contract. No, it's just a standard rookie deal. Oh. Oh, he's... Wow. I always thought Zisich was, like, 28. How old is he? He's only 21. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason I'm not that down on Zizic. Oh, yeah, he's got a lot of upside then. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty... If the Cavs had... Ooh, that's still 50... Well, 51 million is not that bad three years from now. We're we're over the cap next year, though. Oh, yeah, because of Tristan Thompson and Clarkson and... Smith... Yeah, but Smith and Hill, their guarantees are low. And yeah. and Corver. So But yeah, we'll kind of see what happens. I mean, who do you think gets moved first? Probably Hill. 
because he has the um like he counts as 19 for trades this year but then his next year he only counts for three on the team's cap if they caught him i think it's three no, it's one it's one yeah so yeah that's a huge come up because the team can just basically shed 19 million for free yeah which doesn't happen very often but i'm not sure like who like what contracts are around I feel like he would end up going to the Bucks because uh, um, they're trying to. Like, are you, uh, aren't the Bucks trying to get rid of like John Henson? Is he still with them? Although John Henson's playing pretty well, John Henson's shooting threes this year. Isn't oh wow! Or Gorgie D, D, however you say his Gorgie name. Gorgie Dang. Dang, yeah. I could well, see them doing that. Taking the Wolves, Dang. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a terrible contract. He makes fifteen million over the next three years, and he's not a terrible center. He's just not a. He doesn't fit in that system. Like a lot of articles I've read are like, "Oh, Cavs trade Tristan Thompson for Gorgie Dang." <laughs> I'm like, that's <laughs> Two kind teams. of a lateral <laughs> yeah. move, isn't it? Looks dumb for dumb. I mean, I guess if you can get a draft pick out of it, but yeah, Matthew. Their worst contract for the Bucks is probably Del Vadova at nine million a year. Um, Tony Snell makes ten. Yeah, Tony John, Snell is not a great contract. He's he's a rotation shooting guard though, well, yeah, which I don't, yeah. I don't think that's that bad for one because there's not very many good shooting guards. Yeah, and you can always use a three and D wing. Yeah, and, and then, then you've John, got Chris Middleton who makes thirteen million a year. And that's a steal. That is a steal. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, but John Henson makes eleven million a year, but he's playing really well for them. So he, he was a good rim like protector he several still is. years ago. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. John Henson is shooting thirty eight percent from three, which is insane. That is pretty nuts. He's a big dude too. Yeah. So. Uh, well, David, this uh, podcast getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, you got anything you want to pitch? Ah, uh, no. I've just been playing the new Red Dead Two game. Yeah, it's you were telling good. me it's kind of like um, it's, Fallout it, it, meets Grand Theft Auto in the old in the West. West. Yeah, yeah. It's like the kind of the detail of Fallout, but it doesn't have the ridiculous like RPG leveling system that makes you waste tons of time on it and then it's got like the raunchiness of grand theft auto and the story so far is pretty engaging like it's almost like watching a movie at times which is nice yeah and i guess my only thing to pitch is uh go check out the charge it's it's a fun time or uh you know get some cheap tickets to the Cavs because i i heard their black friday sales coming up soon um and oh, did you see Overlord? I didn't get to my my friend uh-huh. that I was going to go to uh, got uh, his his son got sick, so I'm hoping to um, uh, maybe this weekend. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I I haven't seen a ton of good movies or uh, listened to a ton of good music lately, so uh, so I'm uh, I'm kind of jonesing, and then of course uh, looking forward to Thanksgiving. So oh yeah, what type of turkey are you doing? Do you do special um, turkey? So my mother-in-law does a turkey every year, and oh, cool. the last couple of years we've done the, uh, uh, I always do a honeysuckle white, 
a pretty good turkey. Um, but she, you know, it's pretty traditional. And uh, and then usually my uncle makes a smoked turkey too, Ooh. and that's really good. Uh, yeah, and, those uh, do the taste best good. is the leftover uh, smoked turkey salad is so good. I've never had that. that oh, sounds good though. it's really good. Yeah, my mother in law has a really good turkey turkey salad recipe, so yeah. we usually usually do that every year. So. I'm about to brine my turkey, and then I think I might uh, get the deep fryer this year. Oh, nice! So I yeah. do brine. What are you going to brine it in? Ooh, just lots of like rosemary, oranges, garlic. Okay, like just salt, vinegar. Brine it for like I don't know. I'm gonna stop over at my mom's this weekend and do it for. Her. Like last then, summer, I pickle brined uh, fried chicken to do fried oh, chicken. Oh, I love that! It was you so can, good. You can brine, uh, I used to brine chicken in like sweet tea for one of the restaurants I worked at and it was delicious. Yeah. Hmm. The brining just makes, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of turkey particularly, but if it's brined, I can tolerate the, the white meat. Okay. Um, I like, I like the dark meat on the turkey. Oh, I love, I like the, I love the dark meat. I like the big medieval turkey wing. Oh, I love that. Or the turkey, uh, drumstick. So, I'm sick. Yeah, I'm, I kind of want to do the fryer this year. It's just delicious. Nice. Yeah, uh, you have to let me know how that turns out. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've never had the fried turkey? Um, I have never done the fried turkey. No. Oh, it's worth it. Just don't do it inside. When I was oh, down yeah. south, that's how. Um, that's how I always did the turkeys. Um, but every year you'd see I was in the always newspaper. a little scared of it. Frying's kind of an art form, and I have not perfected <clears throat> it. So uh, it's, it's not that bad. There, there were always stories, though, in the newspapers down south about some idiot that tries to fry a turkey in their living room of an apartment building, and yeah, like, exactly. and it burns down. You're like, what are you doing? Just take it outside. <laughs> see, that's that's what scares me. So, <laughs> well, anyway, um. This has been Cavs the Podcast, and as always, uh, go Cavs. Cavs take on the Lakers next week. So um, I think we have four days off for the Cavs, and then they play, is it Sunday? They play Monday against, I think, Detroit, and then Wednesday's the Lakers game. Yeah, so uh, Thanksgiving Eve, Lakers game, Monday against Detroit. So uh, kind of a Cavs-free weekend, and then as as David sorts through his bottle cap collection there, I don't know what you're doing in the background there, but it, it sounds like you're raking your fingers through bottle caps. Oh, sorry. I was scratching my head. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. 
when everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.